Dear friends, Friday was the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, the principal feast of the Brown Scapular. What a day to have to receive very disturbing news from Pope Francis regarding his overturning of the universal permission for the traditional Latin Mass given by Pope Benedict XVI. But since God can do all things or work all things for the good of those who love him, we know that even in this, the Lord will bring good. So let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What I'm going to provide you here is not an in-depth theological analysis, which you can find at lifesightnews.com. I encourage you to go there and do that. But I'm going to give you a very basic take on what's happening, especially for those who are largely unfamiliar with the traditional Latin Mass and what exactly all this means. I must preface this by saying that I go to a Novus Ordo parish where we do not have the traditional Latin Mass. Ours is what you might call a reverend Novus Ordo. When I have traveled, I have had access to the traditional Latin Mass and have been moved by it and longed for it. So, from my simple and outsider perspective, here's what I see is going on. Basically, the Catholic Church formalized the form of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass over 1,500 years ago. And that is why the traditional Mass is called the Ancient Mass or the Usus Antiquor, the Ancient Use. It's also called the Mass of the Ages or the Old Rite. It was used in most of the world already in the 6th century, that's the 500s, and everywhere by 1570. Now that all changed in 1964, that's 1964, when after the Second Vatican Council, the new Mass, or what's called the Novus Ordo, was born. Now, some of the major changes were these. So, instead of the priest facing God in the tabernacle with the people, the priest was made to face the people, which is seen by some as distracting for the priest, and it actually alters the focus of the people from one of witnessing the mystery to sort of watching the show put on by the priest. There's debate over just how much the rubrics of the new mass actually call for the priest to be facing the people, but the widespread effect or, or the way that it's done has obviously been that it is extremely rare to find any adorientem novus ordo celebration. That means priest facing the east or facing the tabernacle with the people. Now, the readings at the Mass, apart from the Gospel, were permitted with the Novus Ordo to be read by lay people, which was never done before. Moreover, girls were permitted to serve at the altar rather than boys only. The boys only service at the altar, by the way, was fertile ground for the inspiration to the priesthood for thousands and thousands of young men. The Church had Latin as its common language from its earliest days. This tradition was carried on even into modern times into the 1900s where it became a most unique feature such that all those who would travel to different lands could always worship together with other Catholics despite not knowing their local language because every Catholic could pray in common in Latin. I actually remember my dad, he was a visa officer for Canada and he was stationed all over the world and he used to tell me that he was always at home at Mass with his missile for the readings because he could pray with those people, even though he didn't know their languages. But it's not only just the loss of Latin. Because the prayers of the Mass themselves were altered to eliminate some of them, which came from apostolic times, 
And what was inserted instead at times was kind of mundane, banal phraseology, which was formulated with a view to obscuring Catholic distinctiveness in an apparent attempt to make the liturgy more appealing to other faiths. Also, there was a distinct de-emphasis on hell and judgment and the need for God's forgiveness of our sinfulness. Using their missals, the books of prayers, the faithful used to silently follow along with the prayers of the priest at the traditional Latin Mass, some of which uh, the priest whispers silently and some of which he chants or says out loud. All of the prayers and actions of the priest point toward the Mass being a sacrifice, not a meal. However, with the Novus Ordo, it tends to emphasize a more sort of horizontal, we're all together, communing, that sort of a thing, rather than the vertical, which is praying to Almighty God and preparing to receive Him in Holy Communion after a representation of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary. So one of the other major differences in the Novus Ordo versus the traditional Mass is that at the Old Mass, the faithful receive Holy Communion kneeling and on the tongue rather than standing and in the hand. And at the traditional Latin Mass, every one of the priest's actions at the altar has a sort of theological significance. The faithful following along in their missals see easy, simple explanations of this right in the missal. The very fact that the Old Mass was celebrated by saints throughout the ages for more than a thousand years and then was changed in the 1960s, which is the time period that actually spearheaded the revolt against all things Orthodox and has resulted in the greatest abandonment of the Catholic faith ever seen in whole of human history, is at least for me enough to know that this change to diminish the traditional Latin Mass is a tragedy for the Church. After the Second Vatican Council, it was very hard to find a traditional Mass. Some groups, like the Society of St. Pius X, preserved the ancient liturgy, and some bishops granted special permission to priests to offer it in certain places. Over the years, and with the establishment of more traditional orders and the institution of more Latin-friendly bishops, the availability of the traditional Latin Mass grew around the world. On July 7, 2007, Pope Benedict XVI issued a special document called Summorum Pontificum, which clarified that the Old Mass was never supposed to be abolished, and that every priest in the entire world has the right to say it, and does not need his bishop's permission to do so. Pope Benedict essentially said the Old Mass had been unjustly suppressed, and the people who are attached to it unjustly treated. What Pope Francis did with his new document now amounts to revoking the universal permission to celebrate the Old Mass given by Pope Benedict XVI. It is a slap in the face to Pope Benedict while he is still living, since Benedict wanted so much to allow for and preserve the traditional Latin Mass. And in case you had any doubts about Pope Benedict's wishes, here are some pertinent quotes from his own books to show you where he was coming from. Pope Benedict XVI said in Salt of the Earth, that's the name of the book, I quote, I am of the opinion, to be sure, that the old rite should be granted much 
more generously to all those who desire it. It's impossible to see what could be dangerous or unacceptable about that, said Benedict. He continued saying, and I quote again, a community is calling its very being into question when it suddenly declares that what until now was its holiest and highest possession is strictly forbidden and when it makes the longing for it seem downright indecent, end quote. In another book called Spirit of the Liturgy, Pope Benedict XVI said, and I quote again, for fostering a true consciousness in liturgical matters, it is also important that the proscription, that means the, the doing away with or the suppressing, the proscription against the form of liturgy in valid use up to 1970, talking about the older Latin Mass, of course, should be lifted. So in other words, lifting any proscription of the, of the old Mass. He continued, and quote, anyone who nowadays advocates the continuing existence of this liturgy or takes part in it is treated like a leper. All tolerance ends here. There has never been anything like this in history. In doing this, we are despising and proscribing the church's whole past. How can one trust her at present if things are that way? End quote. Those are, again, quotes from Pope Benedict XVI. So, I'd like you all to please join us at LifeSite and sign and share our petition to Pope Francis, urging him to reconsider this unjust and scandalous decision. And finally, please pray, fast, and do penance for the salvation of souls, including that of our shepherds, during this turbulent time in church history. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. May God bless you. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we are communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to LifeSiteNews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are 
an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.